We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffitt, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. My name is Julian Gibb, and you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. Today, we're blessed to have uh, my new friend, uh, David, and David is from the FEBC, the Far East Broadcasting Company. So, David, welcome to the show. A pleasure. Thanks. So, David, tell us uh, a little bit about the organization going up at their 50,000 foot level. Tell us a little bit about what it is you do. Sure. So, FEBC, and you got it right, the Far East Broadcasting Company, we're an international evangelistic Christian broadcast ministry. And uh, some, sometimes we, we, we put it like this. We're, we're Christian radio for non-Christians. Uh, so that looks a little different in other contexts. But our, our focus is, uh, is on the other side of the world primarily. So we exist to communicate the good news among the nations by media to inspire people to follow Jesus Christ. And our focus is on the least reached. And today we're broadcasting in 145 languages, 50 countries, but there's only one core message, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, sounds like a silly question, uh, but what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Why, why, do, why do all these people around the world need to hear it? Hmm. There, there, is, there is one God, there is one humanity, uh, and there is, there is one Savior. Uh, the, the, the human story in every place and culture, regardless of our differences, comes down to the, the deep separation and the brokenness that we all feel that, that there is something deeply wrong with this world and with me. And we have an awareness of God and the, the, the fact that you, religion is ubiquitous across every time and place and culture attests to, to that reality. Question is, who is that God? Who am I in relation to him and what's broken? And the message of the gospel is that what's, what's broken is, is sin, that you're, you're separated from God. There's a, 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 a problem there and there's a problem in this entire world that we live in. And the good news is that God sent his son to fix and to save and to redeem and to call us back and to, to fix that relationship with, with him, with each other, and with this world that, that he's made. Wow. So to put this, put this to a level that, that even I can understand, I'm not perfect. I've made some mistakes, but yet I can be right with God. Yeah, that's, wow. that's the good news. So... Um, so this good news, you know, you're saying, I was looking on your website, you know, and there's uh, huge swathes of the world that uh, haven't been reached 
uh, with the, with the message, you know, and that sort of came to me as a bit of a surprise. I'm like, oh come on, this is like you know, 2023. I mean, you know, sort of like uh, surely, surely everyone's heard it heard of it by now, you know, and and yet it's not so. It's not. It's not. This world is so much bigger than we realize, and uh, you know, I, I think especially, um, you know, he, I, I'm an American. I'm I'm in living in the greater Chicago area. We, even more than most, we tend to be sort of insular compared to the rest of the world, a little bit less aware. But this is an this is an, a huge place. There are about eight billion people uh, in the world, and they are uh, there are about fourteen, thirteen to fourteen thousand distinct people groups, and about as many languages and, and dialects. And uh, you know, the, the the big languages we're all familiar with, but it's it's fascinating to realize. How many little people groups, you know, ranging in just tens of thousands or a hundred thousand or a few million there are that literally have no known Christians at all and and may have never, you know, ever truly heard the gospel uh, in their own language. Um, some estimates are that as many as uh, six or seven thousand of those people groups are in that category of at some level of being unreached. And you add all those up, that's about 3.2 billion people who are unlikely to have ever heard or who are unlikely to ever hear the gospel in the course of their lifetime, unless something changes. And the good news is that uh, we serve a God who changes things of his own initiative. And there's a lot of exciting things happening right now. And it it seems that he's brought you and the team in on that uh, as being part of the solution to that problem. And so tell us a little bit about what it is you guys actually do how how do you get this message of of grace this message of that you are of worth and that you are forgiven and god is after you in a positive way how do you get this message out to those billions of people sure well well but like the mission statement that i said really early on uh, by media and historically it's been radio and that's still a big part of what we do today we're we run about 270 radio stations but the the digital um tools available in all their vast variety have dramatically expanded our ability to reach even farther into more specific places where even a radio broadcast would be uh, unfeasible or unsustainable so uh, but our our broadcasters i think maybe the more important thing to say is not just on what medium the, the message is given, but the, the the distinctives about what the approach looks like for doing that kind of ministry. So FEBC, uh, one of our distinctives is that we always put indigenous speakers behind the microphone. So we don't want Westerners coming in, learning a language as a second language, probably speaking it badly, and then giving a Western version, you know, of, of Christianity that that's sort of embedded with our own cultural uh, metaphors and just ways of speaking. We want people that are indigenous speakers who are from the culture, speak that language. It's their first language. They it's, it's contextualized every time they speak because it's coming from who they are. Um, that is mis- just the history of, of missiology has shown that that's far, far more effective uh, and so that's what that's that's first and foremost what we do. And and um, with a few exceptions um, are but for the most part, our speakers, they live in the communities that they're broadcasting to. And we want them to be close to the listener, uh, networked with the local church, uh, if there is one, um, you know, working closely with pastors. We never want to replace the local church. 
we are coming alongside the local church and the listeners that we are reaching. We're wanting to bring them into uh, the local body of Christ uh, where they, uh, you know, where their needs can be met and where God is going to, you know, use them as well. So uh, you broadcast. So, I mean, how, how does that work? Do you, you have like big towers and do you have things on top of mountains or uh, how, how do you, uh, you know, go broadcast into areas that may not be quite as happily receptive to the word as you would like. <laughs> How do you get the message into these areas? Yeah, I, you know, um, or is that top secret? Oh no, it's not, well. You can't you can't <laughs> be broadcasting on a radio tower and have it be top secret. Um, <laughs> no, the the, gov- the even even hostile um, you know governments and things know know who you are and, and where you're coming from. Um, you know, there was a there was a time when a lot of uh, countries would would uh, try to jam uh, radio broadcasts from coming in. Um, almost every country has stopped doing that now because it's so expensive. Uh, the one exception being Vietnam, uh, who which is which is one of the five remaining communist countries in the world, and they still uh, at great expense uh, do their best to try to jam our broadcasts, uh, but they they still get through. Uh, but no, the it, it's different in every context. Um, you know, we there when when we can, the, the preference is to be on a, a local AM and, and FM station, you know, where we're live and local. Uh in, in some ways that's that's very similar to how it is, you know, here where we live in the US. Um that's relevant to us, what's going on here where I am. Um and so where we can, we 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 do that. Um but you know, even going back to the beginning of FEBC, which I didn't mention this, it's it's a, almost an 80-year-old ministry, started in nineteen 19- 45, uh, just uh, immediately after the end of the Second World War, initially reaching China. Yeah, that was the that was the goal. And the the two men who founded the organization uh, went to Shanghai in the hopes of starting a local FM station there. Uh, but uh, almost immediately, uh, the communist revolution ha- happened. Mao Zedong came to power, and what sometimes called the Bamboo Curtain, you know, fell. And yeah, so in country. Um, Pastors were jailed, Bibles were burned, missionaries were expelled, including these these two founders of FEBC who then had to leave and they went to the Philippines. And in God's uh, just sovereign working, uh, it turned out that the Philippines was the, the precise geographic location perfect for sending up a shortwave radio signal, um, which works a little different than AM and FM. AM and FM go along the ground. It's, they're, they're called terrestrial radio Shortwave is different. Shortwave, you throw a radio signal up, it hits the atmosphere, bounces off it, and comes back and lands in this this massive footprint. Just so happens when you do that from Manila, Philippines, and and bounce it off the atmosphere, the footprint is the size of China, and it covers it almost perfectly. Uh, So that was the beginning of of reaching uh, China by shortwave. And there's less shortwave broadcasting today, but we still use it. In fact, that it, that's that's the means by which we reach some of the really hard to reach uh, ethnic minority groups in Southeast Asia. And um, I, I'm saying this because I've been on your website. I've looked, and some of these wonderful people that you're reaching out to, um, yeah, it looks like some of them don't have electricity. Uh, yeah. And so, how how do they listen to uh, to your show? Sure. Well, in some cases, uh, it's it's through uh, solar powered 
radios. Um, you know, they they they're they're not ignorant of uh, electricity, uh, so they've they've found ways to uh, either solar charge or you know go to a place where there is a charging station to charge things. But uh, so that's that's one means. Um, but you know, the the fascinating thing uh, that I, I think we're still trying to wrap our heads around is how much um cell cell phone mobile phone technology has reached and and permeated places where if you were to visit you would think you know that this is this is as third world as you can get there's no running water there's no you know functioning toilets there's not but everybody's got a cell phone yeah um, which which we kind of find bizarre but you know the amazing thing is you know even even in countries like in southeast asia uh, where where there's a lot of poverty, the government has invested in some infrastructure. They've put up cell towers up in the the hill country, um, and that's right where a lot of the ethnic minority you know people groups are. And so their cell signal is amazing. They're connected to the outside world. The only hiccup is that uh, everything that they can access is not in their language. And that's one of the one of the the areas where we've seen just this tremendous, I think, revolution of of, of reaching the the unreached with the gospel through digital platforms, because our broadcasters are are speaking and broadcasting in languages like like uh, Shan or Yumian or you know dozens of other languages that we've never even heard of, but that have their own very distinct culture. And and their own you know d- d- distinct language and people stumble across this on the on the social media platform and it might be the only thing that's out there in this language. Um, so you know in a sense for this moment in, in time, it's like the gospel is the only station on television. Um, so you've got a captive audience. And uh, what what is your audience? I mean, as as a guess, I mean what. You know, as an organization, how many people are, are you reaching? Oh, that's that that that's a guesstimate. <clears throat> that's a guesstimate at, at best. Uh, you know, it, here in the U.S., it's a guess when you've got agencies like <laughs> Nielsen trying to use science to, to to give an informed guess. It's it's in the millions um, for sure. And wow. here's the here's the nuance, Julian. Um, there there are some places that we're reaching with with you know. Um, just vast people groups and languages like like China, you know, Mandarin. There's 1.4 billion people in China. Uh, and uh, some speak Cantonese, but the vast majority speak Mandarin. So when you broadcast to them, the numbers, uh, both of reach and response, are just overwhelming. And that is important because we, we do want to reach as many uh, uh, of the lots as we can. But we also are very focused on the least reached, the unreached. And uh-huh. when you're when you're reaching people where they're or seeking to reach people where there's not even a single known um believer, then getting 10 responses oh, is amazing. <clears throat> and so we really want to want to remember that and, and celebrate both. It's not just quantity, it's also recognizing that there is first gospel contact happening in a number of those initiatives. And that is worth praying for and celebrating when we see it. Absolutely. You know, I'm just thinking about the um, missionaries 100 years ago who were going out to preach, you know, and and in so many places, you know, they went and there was in their minds, you know, uh, little fruit. You know, they've they've been there for like decades, you know, and there was sort of like seven 
converts, you know. Yeah. And they, they they stayed faithful and they stayed optimistic and hopeful and and um, uh, but you know if if you sort of look at it statistically, it's kind of like, well, was that really worth it, you know? And yet, lo and behold, decades later, you know, yeah. there's some of the, <laughs> the majority of the Christians in the world are now in those places, you know. And yeah. so, as as you're rightfully saying, you know, if, if <clears throat> statistics you know is, is something i think in our western mindset well with, with, with you know a good reason you know yeah. we're sort of like show me the numbers you yeah know, roi yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. impress you know, me and, and so uh but you know those seeds can take time to grow this thing powerful although i do have to admit you know millions i'm a little bit generous I'm, I'm, jeremy do we have millions listening to this <laughs> no right so <laughs> but um so so you guys are there you've got the message of hope of forgiveness of the creator's love for people yes uh you're broadcasting it you're also helping people uh to receive it yeah um so tell me like have you seen uh, any fruit come from this you know also are, uh, are are people listening and then getting on with their lives uh or are people listening to it and and absorbing the message into their lives have you have you seen any evidence of of, of fruit absolutely and, and all of the above uh it's just a question of of what it looks like in each of the the different places where we where we're broadcasting um there are some places where where we're broadcasting like like for instance north korea so we have a we have a a really powerful uh, AM station that covers the entire nation of North Korea. Um, it would actually be illegal to broadcast with this much power in the in the U.S. Um, so it's it's a really powerful station. As you might surprise, or as you might as you might surmise, we don't get a lot of response out of North Korea uh, interactively. What we get are refugees who come and, and escape and tell us, you know, what's happening there. So, you know, that's what it looks like there. Um, but, you know, a different part of the world. Um, we, we have a, a really fruitful ministry in Malawi, um, in, in Africa. What does it look like there? <clears throat> they have what they call listener groups that the ministry is actively facilitating and inviting people into. And essentially, these are, these are almost like um, Bible studies for non-believers who are, who, are, who are seekers and who are getting into, into God's word. Um, and so, you know, that's, and that's always the goal. We, we want to see people, you know, we believe in the transforming and power of, of the word of God. We want to get people connected to and reading and understanding and hearing. Um, so, so that's what, it, that's what it looks like there. And I, I could tell you, and maybe I will, maybe I'll just share some other stories of, of places where, where individual, just individual people, how, how God has touched one person and, and brought them, brought them to faith. Um, you know, it's 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 fascinating to to consider some of those. Yeah, you're listening to the Kingdom and its stories, and uh, my name is Julian Gibb, and we're blessed to have David with us. And David is from the FEBC, the Far East Broadcasting Company. By the way, what what's the uh, web address? FEBC.org. So just F- like Far East Broadcasting Company, FEBC.org. So uh, if you have a few minutes, I advise take take a look and. Um, learn more about what they are doing but do do give us you know we we have i think like about four more minutes uh, but give us some examples of course not not necessarily places or names but how how has the organization heard back from those how the message you know has has changed their lives yeah 
So here, something that came through um, during the the pandemic. So this is just a couple of years old now, um, and I, I can give you the place. It was it was in Cambodia. Um, our our team in Cambodia regularly goes out um, into to various villages and, and rural places to to have listener gatherings and to meet with people, you know, and and to to give them radios, handheld radios, where they can listen and and just to interact with them. Uh, they, they're doing this every week, constantly. And but they they went to a very far out region where a different dialect was spoken, and they'd advertised on the radio that they that they were coming, but they knew that there there were a lot of people there that spoke a different dialect, and so they they showed up. And there was a, a crowd gathered, but there was a language barrier there. And then they and then they they looked over, and, and a man wearing a kind of a dusty suit walked into the crowd, and they'd never seen him before. And he spoke both the dialect that the, the people you know there spoke, and he and he spoke uh, Khmer, which is the the language in Cambodia. And and so he was able to be their translator. His story. Is it, it was it was the first time they'd heard it. They hadn't met him, but he had come to Christ through listening to FEBC when he was a Buddhist monk, and sure. he had, uh, you know, he had been interested in this person Jesus, and you know, he'd been practicing Buddhism as a monk, but he had listened for years and become more and more uh, drawn to and fascinated with these teachings of Jesus, which were so very different until he finally you know, came, came to faith and, uh, and we would never have known, which is probably really true of, of most of the fruit when you're doing broadcast ministry, it, the glory goes to God because we don't often know how God uses those seeds, which get scattered far beyond our sight. Uh, but in this case, the Lord just kind of pulled back the curtain and, and let us see this and meet this, this Buddhist monk who had, who had met Christ and was now serving as a, as a conduit for sharing the gospel uh, in a place where otherwise there would have been a, a, a complete barrier, and uh, I've, we've, I've got some pictures of this, and, and you know him passing out radios in his uh, his black suit, and thought this is just a wonder, you know, just one divine appointment that that the Lord used, and it encouraged both our team and the people who were there. Amen. So how how can uh, myself, how can people listening on our radio, how can they be uh, serving, helping you and the team? Sure. Well, there's there's two there's two primary ways. I mean, one, we we underappreciate the the impact and the value of prayer, um, and we would we would love to just be in communication um, with you. We send out emails every month. One of the emails that we send out, uh, we call uh, just our unreached in focus email, where we're sharing the kinds of things that we you and I have been talking about over the last few minutes um, about people and places where you otherwise just wouldn't know what's happening or what the status uh, of the gospel is in that place with some very specific prayer, you know, um, prompts of how to pray for this people group or or this particular country, that the issues that are facing the gospel barriers that need to be overcome and just joining together with a lot of other people who are praying the same thing. That's one thing uh, you could do. And, um, and of course, you know, we're, we're a ministry that, that depends on the, the gifts of God's people. So if you'd like to give to this, uh, there are there is much need, and we we steward those very carefully. So that would be that would be my my, my plug. If you want to be involved uh, financially, I and mean, you can visit us. Well, at then, I'll, do, I'll do the job for you. It's febc dot org. Febc dot org. But um, we we have a few minutes left, and uh, there's a, a, a two minutes left, in fact. And there's a there's a friend of mine in the Ukraine serving there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, as a missionary, both in the word and also indeed um, helping practical elements. And so I know that you guys have uh, recently been um, broadcasting heavily within Ukraine. So yes. in, the, in, in the one and a half minutes we have left, tell us a little bit about that. It is a, an ordained moment uh, of of God in Ukraine. Uh, we've been there for a couple of decades, but what God has used this, the, the the circumstances, the tragic circumstances of this war to do in terms of bringing the gospel to the people of Ukraine is absolutely extraordinary. Uh, every one of our broadcasters, I, I, from from the moment the invasion began, uh, would just have testified the the sense that the Holy Spirit is empowering us to do something significant here. They began reading the the the, the Psalms on the air, praying with with people, and the responses from listeners began to dramatically expand. And to today, the impact uh, of that ministry there is almost hard to overstate. In fact, on our website, we've got a couple of videos we just posted. If you scroll down, you can see some interactions with just everyday Ukrainians on the street. How has the war affected your relationship with God, what you think about God, and just kind of describing what God is doing there today? Amen. So listen in and uh, go to the website and Listen to the radio programs, the podcasts there as well. Indeed, pray uh, how God may be calling you to, to serve there. And of course, you know, broadcasting around the world is essential. But also there's your family and your next door neighbor. So wherever you are around the world, proclaim and preach the message. David, big thank you for you for joining today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.